I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Who does what in your home? Is there a strict division of labor, or do you do everything together and share responsibilities? There is no right way to divide the labor, the things, the responsibilities, the tasks that are in your home. However, it must be talked about, or else bitterness and resentment can take root and negatively impact your marriage. I'm here today talking with Noelle Rhodes and Jess Carey about dividing household responsibilities. We touched on what the division of labor looks like in our homes, the best time to assess who does what, and the questions that we can ask ourselves and our partner to get on the same page about this issue so that we can reduce stress in our home. All right. Hello, ladies. Let's start off with recommendations. Tell me, what are you loving or what is making your mom life easier right now? I've got one. Tell me, tell me. I have invested in life-changing slippers. Oh my gosh, please. No, (laughs) guys, I'm going to actually take them off right now. Can you show us? Yes. Okay, let's see them. Okay. Have you seen these? No, but they look awesome. No, they're like space shoes, kind of. No, 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 hundred percent. Well, I don't know. You're gonna want these. <laughs> Maybe it's the little, the little screen. Do they look like elf shoes? Yes, yes, because they're red. Yeah. But does everybody in Denmark wear them? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they are red. They're kind of like my holiday ones. Okay, leather bottoms, so they can come in rubber soles. Hundred percent. Well, I invested in slippers because. I work from home, right? So I work on slippers. And my husband, who likes to do research on these kinds of important things in life, was like, the best slippers you could ever own are these things called, and I'm going to say it wrong, Glarups. G-L-E-R-U-P-S. They're a little bit on the pricey side. I'm not going to lie. But life-changing because your feet can breathe. They never stink. Your feet don't sweat. That's what I hate about slippers. Yes. No, you need to. You need to investigate this. Breathe. They don't sweat. They stay warm. The bottoms like mold perfectly to the sole of your foot. It's like I'm walking in paradise when I'm wearing these things. Wow. Especially in New Jersey. This time of year is when my feet start to get cold and I can't walk around bare feet anymore in my own house. I have to put the ugly socks on that are starting to wear through. Yep. Mm. And my husband and I both have a pair. I I have converted my father and my 24-year-old brother. Wow. Uh, almost have my mother saved with these uh, slippers, but you can get them in backcountry, but I, they're, they're a little bit expensive. But listen, if you work from home, it's like... It's a do you ever wear them outside or they like, do you have a strict policy on what you wear inside and outside? I, like even if it's taking the kids to school. I appreciate this question. I will not wear these outside because I've made a choice. And this was like a 15 minute conversation with my husband. I made a choice to get the leather bottoms. He made a choice to get the rubber bottoms. So he does, he will wear them out to eat if he can get away with it. I don't notice it. He also just to kind of put this family secret out there owns two pairs 
Oh. One, because my husband does a lot of woodworking. One is for when he's in the wood shop. He he works in his <laughs> he has his elfin shoes on. Yes. <laughs> he has like a pair of slippers, same brand. Yeah. Same brand. But he has the same are color? Leather? Yeah. No. <laughs> like, we have all these questions. Okay. They're both they're both 100 percent wool, but he and they're both rubber soles. So rubber but paint. one pair, he doesn't mind if they get a little dirty. Because they're an older oh, pair see. for him. But oh. the other pair, they're his fancy ones that you will wear out. <laughs> so we've gotten very serious about this. This has become a Oh thing. my gosh. And we're like, do we get the kids a pair? And I like, really appreciate it. But they're like, I'm telling you, wow. you try these slippers. You're going to be calling me and thanking me. I love a good pair of slippers. So I'm definitely checking these out for sure. Yeah. Even though I live in Arizona, people don't think that you need slippers here. but in the middle of winter, in the evenings, it gets down to like the 40s outside. We don't really turn our heat on, so it's cold. Oh my gosh, no, you yeah. need slippers. No, yeah, you need we them. need slippers. Yeah. Glare-ups or Glare-ups. something G-L-E-R-U. like that. G-L-E-R-U. <laughs> I'm saying wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, can my recommendation be a shoe too? Because you've got me thinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I did. I recently bought these sneakers. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a brand. Maybe I'll have to put it in the show notes if I find it. I went to a sneaker soiree. It was a fundraiser that friends of ours were throwing. My husband, my friend's husband is a basketball coach in the NBA. And so that was the theme. It was basketball themed and everyone had to wear sneakers with their gowns or dresses. And I went out and I bought some sparkly sneakers, some like glitter sneaker high tops. Cause I'm like, it gotta be high tops, but they have a zipper. I just zipper those puppies up. Brilliant. And they look like I'm fancy. Like you can wear them with a jeans and a flannel. You can wear them yeah. like you, you know. can wear it with a cocktail dress. Yes, which I did. Like yes, easy and fancy. That's if like, you saw yeah. my Instagram story, no, <laughs> I didn't. Once again, once yeah. again, the algorithm mm-hmm. is not not friendly. Not you. friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this idea of and I, and I, you know, when I bought when I bought them, I was like uh, texting my daughter in college, texting my daughter that was in the middle of a high school day at school. Do you think I'll wear them again? What do you think of them? I, I just for sure thought I wouldn't wear them again. But honestly, I keep them in the basket by the door. And because they're so easy to put on and off, I just zip them up and I just all of a sudden feel fancy. So I love it. I'm going to ride that shoe thing. Okay. Mine is not like a product. This is a life hack that is saving me. We like those. Yep. Yep. So when I order kind of takeout, like, you know, Chinese takeout, Indian takeout, whatever. Okay. I always save my takeout boxes and I'm, I'm probably not like, I'm probably like many people, but they are dishwasher safe and they are microwave safe. And then I use those when I drop a meal at a friend's house or whatever, I pack Mm. it in the takeaway boxes and I'm like, I don't even need to get those back. So that has been a really a saving grace for me because I I constantly was like, where is my, you know, ultra sized Tupperware? And I'd always put my name on it and like, try to get it back, never get it back. So now they get Chinese takeaway from my house. That's so smart. You know why? Because I have so much anxiety when people bring their (laughs) pie to me and they're like, Mm -hmm. this is my favorite pie plate. You know, when you're done, just give it back. And I'm like the worst at remembering. We we recently got some really lovely um, meals from folks just because we had experienced a death in the family. And 
everything came in Pyrex pie dishes. And I was like, is this one yours? Is this one yours? I mean, yeah, you're like uh, auctioning off dishes to yes. people. Yeah. Terrible. Well, I heard there's this rule. Mm-hmm. And my friend told me this because I think this was years ago. I brought her dinner in a, in a you know, Pyrex because it was, she had a baby and she sent it back to me with something in it. Like she made me lemon squares because she's like, you know, you can't send a dish back without putting something in it. And I'm like, wow, oh, that's a God, lot of I pressure. never heard that. I never somebody. heard that rule. I've been breaking in that rule then for <laughs> yeah. ever. I rebuked that rule. Like, Thank I don't you. know it's who Q etiquette said that. It's it's wrong. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard that before, but this oh my is wonderful. God. And you have a baby. And why are you making things for me? Like, I don't want to put any pressure on anybody. That, that feels so hard. <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, Condom. Please, man. if anybody ever brings me a meal, please do not expect me to put lemon squares in it and send <laughs> no it lemon back. Squares. Nope. <laughs> Just be thankful you're getting it back. If yes. you I appreciated, I appreciated the lemon squares, but I felt like, oh my gosh, no. I, I did not know. <sighs> I would love to meet her parents. I want to be friends with her. That's yeah. the thing. I want to be friends with yes. her. I just don't want to be her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. That's so good. Yeah. All right. So today we're talking about what could be a hot topic. Now, the reason why mm-hmm. I think it's a hot, to- I didn't think, well, it could be a hot topic depending on how you feel about it. But I saw somebody's talking about it on social media. They posted something on their stories and they put this question out there about what does the division of labor look like in your home? Who does what? Tell me your story. And the 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 amount of people that responded, now granted, she's got a huge following. The amount of people that responded was amazing and everyone had strong feelings about it. And so I thought, oh, well, this would be a fun conversation because number one, I want... I want to give you my strong feelings about it, but number two, <laughs> yes, I want, I want to talk about it. I want, I want families to be having a conversation about this topic in healthy ways. And that's what I saw in the comments was a lot of people weren't seen and heard in their own homes when it comes to this topic. So I wanted okay. to break it down and then talk about how we can have healthy conversations around it, make healthy decisions about it. Yeah. Who does what, when, and why? So let's start off with talking about what it was like in our homes growing up, right? Because this matters because when we, I know that when my husband and I were doing these pre-marriage books, they did ask like, who did what in your home growing up? And they, they said, you need to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about this topic because without knowing it, if you don't talk about it, you will expect your husband to do what your dad did or your, your wife to do what your mom did. And when they don't do it, you're going to be annoyed. It's going to be you know, fresh, frustrating. We did have that conversation 21, 22 years ago, but that doesn't mean we should never have it again. (laughs) So tell me about said, amen. So let's talk about like your family's growing up and and what you saw, because we bring that culture into our home. Okay. I'll go first. Well, I grew up in an Italian-American culture in New Jersey, so this could be very specific to that. But essentially, (laughs) we can get you in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, well, mom, listen to this. Well, essentially, my mom really did everything as far as like work in the house because my dad's job was very demanding. So, 
whatever he would have like, it's interesting. So maybe this is not typical, but whatever, what like a typical thing a dad does, like fix the car or fix something in the house, mow the grass. My dad didn't do any of that stuff because he was working. And so stuff, whatever mom could not do was just hired. I remember my mom at, at like six months pregnant going and picking up a, a used swing set and like taking it apart, putting it in the car and putting it together by herself. And she just, she just wasn't afraid to do anything. Like, and I always really appreciate that about her, how that affected like my own way things are split up here will be interesting to discuss later because I'm not sure if we're gonna we're gonna take steps with this. But yeah, my dad didn't do anything and he nothing he wasn't lazy. He literally was out there hustling. I mean he worked in the city, worked he had his own company in Jersey. So he really wasn't home. I don't mm. know if that's helpful. I had kind of I, I would say like a, a traditional upbringing in the home where my mother handled most of the sort of indoor domestic chores, you know, cooking, cleaning, laundry, that kind of stuff. And then my dad, you know, handled the trash and he handled the outside things and, you know, fixing things when they were broken and all that kind of thing. So I had had a very traditional Mm -hmm. role division, you know, like responsibility division in the household my husband had more similar to Noel mm. where, um, you know, his mother did literally everything. Yeah. And if, if his mother didn't do it, then his father hired somebody to do it. So it was kind of like you hired someone, you had a guy, you had a guy for mm-hmm. everything, you know? Yeah, you so yeah, my husband grew up in Queens, New York. So, you know, that's kind of like, he had a guy yeah. Yeah. for all the things. And that was something also like, talking about division of labor, that was hard for me because I'm like, no, you don't hire a guy. You fix that. Like as a man, you do yeah. that. You fix the thing. <laughs> and I was like, how do you know? How, what do you mean? You don't know how to fix a toilet. Like you just do it. So those are early days, early fights that mm-hmm. we've since overcome. Yeah. What about and, you, Kim? Well, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, um, so I'm probably more like you, Jess. My mom did everything indoors. My dad did everything outdoors. He spent hours in the yard taking care of the yard. He handled all the car stuff, oil changes, maintenance, whatever had to do with the cars. He handled all the finances. What else? And she did everything, like you said, indoors. It was the, the cooking and the cleaning. And yeah, very, very traditional. But as we got older, and here's a question I want to throw back at you, is that she taught us how to clean, my brother and me equally alike. So we started to take on some of the chores because that too is something that we could probably get into is should the kids even participate in that division of labor? When do they factor in? Are they a piece of that puzzle or is it just husband, wife are responsible for things? So there was an expectation of us doing things and chipping in as well and you know, eventually there were things that my mom wouldn't do because they were our job. So very traditional. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think I it was because... Opinion. And I think my dad enjoyed being outdoors. I know my mom would have liked to handle more of the finances and been a part of that. 
but yeah, that's just what they did. But my mom was also very hands-on and very capable. So when my parents didn't have money to do renovations, and so when it came time to, when they got sick of something, it was my mom and my dad that were stripping the wallpaper in the bathroom and, mm-hmm. you know, changing out the toilet themselves. And, and they would, they would do, they would take on those kind of projects together. So very capable, but just, there was a definitely a line. He would do grilling. He would do like the whole man grilling thing. And then my mom would do the inside grilling thing. And like you said, that's something that might come up later, but my husband don't cook. So that means he don't grill. It don't matter. It's cooking. That's like, you know, your territory. (laughs) So I get a little like, you're the man. Aren't you supposed to go play with fire? Um, yes, wow. so very, very traditional. <laughs> so shamed right now. <laughs> oh, you been able to complain about the kids doing the chores, and we didn't do anything, <laughs> like nothing. And I don't know why that is. Maybe we should have my mom on the podcast. <laughs> You know, we just didn't really, I think that is a, that actually is a cultural thing. Like my mom lived with her grandmother who was an immigrant from Italy and the grandmother did everything. The grandmother, I mean, just did everything, the gardening, the cooking, everything. And as far as like house chores and things like that. So my mom didn't really do anything. And so I think maybe she thought that she was supposed to do everything. She just, every once in a while, she'd, you know, be like, we're going to do a chore chart. And we're like, yeah, yeah. But it never stuck. It just wasn't something that we did. And I will say on the record, that was not good for me. Because when I went out into mm. the adult world, I'm like, how do you do laundry? Mm. How do you clean things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, the, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but the, the division of labor and my knowledge of how to keep a house was, has been probably the biggest source of conflict in my marriage because I didn't know anything. And my husband knew a lot because he had to do chores all the time. I mean, he did chores more than probably he should, he should have. So he Mm. knew more and we we just weren't, we weren't coming with equal skill sets. Mm. That was very frustrating for him. That was frustrating for me. I just didn't know. I mean, I never cooked a thing growing up. Never. It was like yeah. annoying if I was in the kitchen. And not that she was like, get out of my kitchen, you know, like get out of here. But it was like, she was doing her thing. So, and I would come in when it was ready. And that was just our culture. Like, like to me, I didn't know anything different. That's just how you do it. But then when I got married, I was like cooking raw pork chops. My husband was like stopping at Wendy's every night, you know, before coming <laughs> home. It's a true story. <laughs> When we were first married, oh, we got in his car and there was like a bunch of Wendy bags, like underneath a blanket in the back seat, like he was having an affair oh. on me. And it was just <laughs> oh, years worth of Wendy's <laughs> because I couldn't cook. I really couldn't. Oh. I mean, and hand of our heart, thank God he did it because he probably would have starved to death because it was really bad. But I wish my mom would have brought me in on the, on the tour. I really do. And I, I have changed things in my household, which we'll get into later. But yeah, that mm-hmm. was a disservice to me. Mm. I love that you said that, Noel, because because my husband is you, like yeah. a thousand percent. He he grew up like I said, his mother did everything, 
And I'll tell a funny story. He would tell you himself. So I, I have permission to use this, but he went to college and he was making pasta, you know, he's making spaghetti, you know, didn't make the sauce of course himself, just bought the jar. And so he made the pasta and he's boiling on the stove. And then he just takes the jar of spaghetti sauce and dumps it in the pot with the water. Like didn't bother straining the noodles, nothing. Yeah. And one of the you know Honest kids mistake. that he, no, no, exactly. Like <laughs> he literally never seen it done. Never in yeah. his whole life. Yeah. And so okay. one of his buddies was like, bro, you got to drain the water off first before uh, you put the sauce in. He, he ate it anyways. So it was fine. <laughs> but, but yeah, so then we, we get married and you know, I, I felt like I was working, you know, three jobs Yeah, because I was working full-time at the time. We didn't have kids yet. So I was working full-time. Then I'm coming home and I'm cooking and I'm cleaning and I'm like doing the finances too. Like I'm like doing everything. And I, I came to him one night and I just said, listen, hon, I am working two full-time jobs. I know you're working, but at least help me with part of it. Like you could maybe work this part of the part-time job and he was like, yeah, okay. You know, he was willing to learn, but like, you know, well, I kind of had to like teach him a lot of things and how to do the things and man, it was rough. So yeah. Teach your kids, do yeah. your yeah. future in-laws, your future daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws do them a massive favor. Teach your kids how to cook, yeah. clean, take care of themselves, mow the yards, whatever. Just yeah. teach them to do it all. Cause who knows what their division of labor is going to be in their home, right? Exactly. So what's it like in you guys' home? Who does what now? Oh. Yeah. Your Um, current now. (laughs) Because my husband grew up doing chores, my kids do chores. And it's funny because when they were younger, I would say like a couple years back, we'd be like, all right, go out there and shovel the driveway, you know? And they'd be like nine years old and they're shoveling and they'd be crying outside. You know, I don't want to do this. And our neighbor, God bless him. He's from Dublin, Ireland. He would come to the fence with a cup of coffee and just watch and laugh as they would cry and be like, our parents are the worst. And he would just laugh and be like, this is good for you. And then at the end, he'd always give them like a little bit of candy. But he'd say to us, you're doing the right thing by teaching them how to do chores and teaching them hard work. So we do. There's like jobs that everybody knows are supposed to do. And then there's things that we just have them do. I mean, I think, I think one thing we did, right. Patting myself on the back is we just started this very, very young. Like this is just normal. Everybody pitches in. Everybody's going to learn how to do this. Even mom is learning. And I'm still not great at it. I'm going to ask you, I'm like a domestic hot mess sometimes. So, Even my kids are like, the way you load the dishwasher, mom, is just a dumpster fire. Like, you need help. But (laughs) it's true. I'm terrible. I'm the worst offender. Everyone gets mad at me. They're like, don't do it. We'll do it. Oh, my gosh. There's some things I am good at, like talking about feelings and relational stuff. But yeah, I'm growing in this area. But I'm choosing to grow in this area because when we all work together... It's a much Beautiful. better experience. Yeah. So yeah, everyone does. My, my kids know how to clean bathrooms. They don't do their, laun- their own laundry. They make their own lunches. They have been since first grade. And mm-hmm. this is not because I was a genius. <clears throat> it was because my husband was like, we need to make sure this doesn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't pass this on. It's true. Because, you know, Troy and I are on the same page for many things. And I would say on the big things, we definitely are. 
But if we're going to have like an all in out like fight, it's because I did, I, I, I washed a cashmere sweater yesterday. <laughs> They're like, these are fresh wounds. Don't tell fresh my wounds. husband. He is the laundry king. Oh, no. Your husband's very oh, lucky to be married yeah. to you because I don't know yeah. if he could live with me. Yeah. I am notorious for just throwing things in the wash and not really checking. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to you and your husband, like, how do you guys decide who does what? Is it something you've decided on or have you fought, like, practically, what are the things you do and what are the things he does? He does. Oh, I mean, I, I try to do stuff. Like I do, I do, do, <laughs> I do. He can I do, do everything. I do stuff. I try, he, but he really is great. I have to say, this is where he shines. And I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm a loser. When it comes to finances, he handles it. Cause I'm not good at math. And you guys are going to be like, she shouldn't have children. <laughs> Well, I do the I I I don't do the laundry. I oversee the laundry because when I do it, bad things happen. I, for the most part, do grocery shopping, and mm-hmm. I will kind of oversee the cleaning. Although he can do that, but I try to take care of that. He handles the outside, but like because I have a child, I've had children with IEPs and mm-hmm. special needs. I handle all of that organization, and that's. Thing. That's extensive. That's extensive. So he's great. Mm-hmm. He has been great at acknowledging that and being like, look, yes, it drives me nuts that we have like six loads of laundry on the bed that haven't been folded in three days. But I recognize that you are talking with teachers, you're looking over IEPs, you're helping the kids with their spelling, like that kind of stuff. Not that he can't do it, but he's he's just not as good as me. So I think the key's been to recognize each other's strengths mm-hmm. and be willing to grow in each other's grow in our own weaknesses. So mm-hmm. that's my house. What about you, Jess? <clears throat> yeah, so I do we we do have a very traditional like role responsibility for the most part, but we've had seasons where those have rotated. And I think that that's important to to talk about as well that, yeah. you know, there were seasons where I was working full-time in a job that was outside the home and he was still working, but he was inside the home. He was mm-hmm. working remotely. And so there was more of the sort of domestic responsibilities that would fall on his shoulders. And my husband doesn't like doing domestic things at all. And so there were a couple of, you know, negotiations where we would renegotiate what the roles were going to look like during those seasons. And I just told him, I said, I actually don't have time in the day. I am one human being. I can't do all of the domestic chores and my full-time job. And so either one of two things, you're going to have to pick up some of those. And depending on how much our, you know, finances would allow Either you can pick those up and help balance it, which he did, or we can hire someone to help us with those things. And we've done that as well. So we've, at different times in our lives, we've hired housekeepers that would come in and do all the cleaning, you know, twice a month or whatever. And I think that that's a very valuable thing uh, to talk about, you know, these days, especially when you're shuttling kids to like 4,000 sports things and, you know, all this kind of stuff. If you can afford it and that helps you have more peace in your family, hire the housekeepers, like just get them in and, you know, let them clean your house for goodness sakes. 
but we have a very traditional division of labor. My husband does handle the finances, even though I have taken that role multiple times in our marriage. He handles all of the outside landscaping. He handles the cars. He handles actually fixing and repairing everything in the house. He hangs pictures, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. I'm like, I want this moved here. You do that. You know, you do all the heavy labor. And then I still handle cooking and laundry for the most part. And then cleaning the house at this point in time. And so, but my kids, they actually handle a lot of that as well. I, yeah. I have to tell you something later in the, in the podcast or in the episode, I have a game that I did with my kids that literally saved me so many like headaches Ooh. and heartaches. So we'll talk about that maybe later. Okay. I like yeah. that. I want to hear about that. So in our house, I would say, yes, I would start off with the foundation of we have a pretty traditional um, division of labor as well. When I, when we were young, we were having conversations that I was going to be the one that stayed home. And so I think there was a lot of assumptions that were made. If I was home, then I would do X, Y, and Z, right? So I do all the cooking. And I mentioned earlier about the grill. Like, even if it's outside, I'm the one that's grilling because it's cooking. He, he he can cook, but he was very clear in the beginning when we first got married. I can cook and I'll teach you my favorite meals, but I don't really want to cook. Like he would mm. order out in a heartbeat. So if I don't feel like cooking, he's like, let's order. I'm like, how about you just make something for the kids? Like, <laughs> so I handle the cooking. I handle the cleaning. We've gone through seasons where we've had house cleaners and help. We are not in that season right now. I do all the finances I have since we were married. He handed those things over to me pretty immediately. His, that's his mother-in-law said that that's how she knew that he was in love and that he really respected me, that he allowed me to handle the finances. So he does the laundry. He has a specific way he likes it done. And so he <laughs> took that over years ago. He's asked me, if you're not going to do it right, please don't do it at all. So sometimes I will sneak and I will do the laundry. I'll do like a load of towels or sheets because it's hard to mess those up. I have though. I have. <laughs> Fabric softener on towels. What's wrong with me? I need to go to Carl. Yes. He lessons. Oh my gosh. I just listened to a Malcolm Gladwell podcast. It was all about the right way to do laundry. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Seriously. Yeah. So, but I will hang things. Like you said, the hanging things, like I hang the the things in the house. Like I get out the, the ruler and, but my design, my background is in design and architecture. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't mind putting a hole in the wall and measuring things and making sure that things are go where they're supposed to go. And, and, you know, even in that, even when it comes to that, we did a big, huge home renovation and I was on site every day with the contractors because that's the skill set I had. And he figured as long as I was on site, I, he didn't have to do anything. And so in, in many ways, like I would think that like growing up, that's something my dad would have done. You know what I mean? Like he would never have let my mom handle something like that. Mm-hmm. So there has, it's not exactly like it was for me growing up. I'm trying to think if there's any other sort of, I do all the driving around for carpools. I take everybody to sports I take them to their parties. I take them wherever they need to go. I mean, he certainly will step in, but 
and this is something we'll we'll get to later, this this idea of there will be times when he's perfectly available and capable, but he doesn't even occur to him to to Mm -hmm. offer to pick the kids up because that's just what I do, right? So that's when you start to go, I know that's what I do, but I haven't sat down on the couch all day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in some ways there's, there's a very, like, there's a line, yeah. you know, about what we do and what we don't do. So we're still figuring out how to navigate that for sure. I love what you said though. Like he doesn't like to cook, but he offers to like order takeout. I think that is like the greatest rule of thumb. It's like never have the expectation that just because that's your normal role or responsibility Mm -hmm. that it always has to be you Mm -hmm. and that if you're tired or you're sick, I mean, they'll figure it out. It's like, you know, if if you were sick for a week and your job was taking out the trash, the trash isn't just going to continue to pile up. Someone, you know, will have the wherewithal to change, to take the Mm -hmm. trash out and do that, you know? So I think it's like always reminding yourself, I don't want to have an expectation that my husband will always handle all of these yeah. things. And that's not my job. Like it's not my job, you know, not to have that attitude and just say, Hey, do you need help with this? Can I step in and alleviate your responsibilities during this season or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that he said, you know, order takeout. That's my husband. He's like, I can't cook, but yeah. you know, we can order pizza right now. Yeah. <laughs> and And we do pay for landscaping which is fantastic. He likes to get out there sometimes and toy around, but he's, he's allergies. He's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend my weekends doing that. He's like, that's something I'm willing to pay for. And so, but there'll be times if he doesn't do certain things in a timely manner that I'll get out there with my kids and take care of them. So, you know, there is an expectation that those are his things, but I, I also, I also want to step in where I can step in for him, you know? I think that one of the things I want to work on is maybe like, you know, when my husband's doing the things that he always does, I want to like watch and see what he's doing and so I can appreciate maybe more. I think I take for granted that he does do the lawn and he does do the cars mm. and he does do it like, and just be able to watch and be able to, you know, compliment him in that moment. I don't do that. Cause what I'll do is like, Oh, you're doing that good. I'll get this done. You know? Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. think, I don't know. Maybe it's just something nice about someone just recognizing in that moment, being like, wow, I realize how hard this is. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. Did you come to your roles on purpose or just by default? If you were to think about where you are right now in this season. We came to our roles because our marriage depended on it. (laughs) And, And I wish I was being funny. I'm not joking. This is the biggest... I'm going to tell you a story. I love stories. Yeah. Kimberly has heard this story before. So just laugh at the parts that you know you're supposed to laugh at. We had a very big fight during COVID. And it was because my husband was going to work. It was sort of when everyone was going back into the office. And he couldn't find a pair of matching socks. Because remember how I'm not good at laundry? I'm not good at keeping socks together either. And he made a comment where he said, what do you people do all day that there's no matching pair of socks? Now I didn't answer him at that moment because I was just so angry. 
so angry yeah. that I just let him leave. <laughs> but then when he left, I had things I wanted to say. So I texted it to him in a very, very long, very long text message. Like so long that when you open it up, it goes right into your notes app. Legit, that's what happened. It was like, oh my let me tell you all the things I do all day. Let me tell you all the things that you don't do. Well. <laughs> oh let me just mention all the things I've been upset with over this quarantine through text message. Because that's that's a healthy way of dealing with stuff. Yeah. And so anyways, I wrote this text message felt, felt very, you know, it was very cathartic to do. Mm -hmm. And then like a half hour later, he calls me. He's like, Hey, I got your text message. I'm like, Oh, did you? And he's like, yeah. And so did John, the guy I played darts with. Oh (laughs) my God. In a group text, Noel. And he called me to see if I was okay. He needed a place to stay for the night because he (laughs) sounded so volatile. (laughs) He was concerned for my safety. This was a couple months ago, people. This is not like years ago. (laughs) And it was all over those darn socks. (laughs) What do you people do all day? What do I do all day? Mismatch socks? No, I mean, it was just the, it was obviously years of frustration (laughs) of this poor man. He never has clean socks or matching socks. And this is the stuff we fight about. Like big things like, should we move to a different country now? We're on the same page. Big things, even though we make decisions for kids, but like how to cut an onion. We've had some some real doozies. Like he's got his way, and I'm like, why can't I just do it this way? How to load load a dishwasher, cooking, um, menu, and it's not because I got honest. It's 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 really my fault. That's the truth. I don't like. I'm kind of like your husband. (laughs) I don't like domestic stuff. It's not my jam, but after like, it'll be 19 years of marriage. We no, it's 20 years this year. No, no, no. It's 19. Oh gosh. I was like, I know how long I'm still 19. Um, Now I know that it really makes him feel loved that I do these things and then Mm -hmm. I do them kind of well. So I'm, I'm growing in this. I'm growing. Well, my husband and I have argued over the laundry, not because I'm doing, but doing it, but because I don't think it's a big deal the way he does it. Meaning like, I don't think that it's important for him to do all the things that he's doing. Like, I don't think the lengths that he goes is necessary. And he's offended by that. And I'm like, I'm just learning to like, keep my mouth shut. And yes, this is amazing. Huh? He's willing to do it. Yeah, he is willing to do it. But if I try to help him oh. and I don't kind of like, I'm not open to his system. Like if he tells me to do to X, Y, and Z and I like cut a corner, he's like, I don't understand. Like that, that became, and that's a humility issue that I don't have. Right. Not humble enough to just right. appreciate and respect what he's doing. But right. again, this is not over like big, big issues. This yeah. is over this service, you know, he's actually, yeah. his love language is acts of service. And so when you come up against that and when you yeah. dishonor them or reject their love language, it yeah. goes deep. Yeah. I can with this language, much, by the way, people. <laughs> That's not, don't, you don't have to do anything for me. <laughs> um, Noel, what is your love language? Gifts? 
Please um, tell me it's gifts. Then you actually are <laughs> charcuterie. <laughs> Candles, mugs. Is that in the new updated version of the love languages? Yes. yes. I'm going to contact <laughs> the dude that wrote that and be like, put the charcuterie as number mm-hmm. six. Probably uh, words of affirmation, uh, quality time, then gifts. Got it. Yeah. Maybe. My husband, when I first met him, was gifts. And I, if I could score negatively on that as a love language, <laughs> I would have. So that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I will say this about talking about responsibilities, a circle back to the actual topic. But one of our biggest fights in this area was because he had a mother that did like literally everything. You know, there would be moments, and he probably won't even remember this, to be honest. But like I would do the laundry, it was clean, but it wasn't folded. It wasn't like put away. It wasn't ironed. I hate ironing. I refuse to iron. Why does it um, iron? I don't, I, I don't know. I just feel like that's the biggest waste of time. Just you shouldn't need to shape. if you're doing the laundry right. Oh, see, that's what Carl would say. That's <laughs> Carl needs to do say. an online course of how to do the laundry right. And yes. that's how you make your millions. Yes. Okay, yeah. right, go ahead. <laughs> no, but so, you know, it was like, I just was like, get the laundry clean. Like the the minimum required is that you have clean socks and underwear. And I think he made a comment, something like this. He's like, babe, you know, like when you do the laundry, like, could we fold it relatively soon so that it's not all wrinkled? And I was like, yes, yes, we can. <laughs> Actually, yes, you can. You can do that. You Feel free to take this responsibility off my shoulders because clearly I'm not doing it the way that you want it to be done. <laughs> and that was pretty much like the last time that he ever commented on how I did any of my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he didn't, He again, he didn't want to do them. At the time, this was like early in our marriage, he wanted me to do them like his mother had done them, which was, you know, wash, hang everything, iron everything. Like, you know, everything was just in its place. I mean, she would Mm -hmm. iron his jeans. It's like, what? No, that's wrong. No one should do that ever. I, when I lived in Northern Ireland, they ironed their pajamas before they went to bed and their bed. Before they went to bed? Yes. Every night. Oh. Why? Yeah, I don't. It was a thing there. I mean, I don't know, but the majority of people would. <laughs> and I thought to I, myself, what a we, what a waste of time. Yeah. I've been told my husband used to iron his sheets when he was younger. Oh, in high school, this is a thing for him. <laughs> there, you know what? Oh, though in in the United Kingdom, there is a sport called extreme ironing. Yeah, have you heard of this? Yes, no, I do. I do know about. Yes. It. Okay, it's this thing. It's, Look it's, it up. Extreme okay. ironing. They love cultural, the ironing. It's a cultural value. <laughs> hmm. Thank goodness we don't have that value, value in my home. I <laughs> know, uh, but they do. They take their, their ironing very seriously over there. And I, I never, I never acclimated to that. I think all clothes should look like, you know, those broom skirts. I think that's what they were called where you rolled them up. They were all yeah. twisted and they basically were just wrinkled permanently. Yeah. Like all clothes should basically yeah. be broom skirts. Why not? <laughs> what's a wrinkle who cares you know when I think like over the years about this topic I think about us not talking about it right I think that's when all the tension comes in is when we're not talking about it and this weird thing happened with us in the beginning we did everything together 
So when it was just the two of us before we had kids, we lived in New York City. We we cooked together. We cleaned together. We even did laundry together. We had to take the laundry downstairs. Here we go with the laundry. We had to take the laundry down to the basement of our apartment building and we would sit and we would put it in the washers and then we'd sit and talk and enjoy each other's company. And then we'd put it in the dryers and it, everything we did was together. And then as soon as we had kids, it was like some magical switch that got flipped. And all of a sudden I was responsible for all of these things and on my own alone. And I did start to resent that. And I, and I would tell myself, okay, this is what you signed up for. Like he was working a lot of hours. He was working in the city. And I mean, he would leave, he'd probably wake up in the morning at eight o'clock. He'd be on a train by nine and he would be getting home after I was already in bed and the kids were in bed. And so I'd get to see him for maybe an hour every morning and then on the weekends. And so I was just like, what the heck have I gotten myself into? And that was a season that I had to, you know, manage my expectations, understand the season that we were in, understanding what his job required and what this meant for us and how do we want to raise our family. But then as we went through different transitions, I would have this expectation that he would either do more or do things different. And that didn't happen necessarily Mm -hmm. unless we were willing to rehash that conversation. You know, I can think of like, let's think about the pandemic. You know, all of a sudden my husband's home and I just assumed that he would be like cooking breakfast once or twice a week or that he would be like, you know, jumping to do things that he probably had never occurred to him to start doing. Right. And I just assumed because he was there, he was going to start doing them. So I had to be careful not to have an unrealistic expectation, but also be willing to speak up if it's something that I really needed help with. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you nailed it, Kimberly, like being willing to speak up Mm -hmm. when you do need help or when there needs to be a a role or a responsibility shift. Mm -hmm. Um, We, in order to protect like the sanctity of our marriages or our families, really like we need to be able to speak up there. There've been multiple times where I've had a round table with my whole family and I said, Hey guys, is this a hotel? Do we live in a hotel? Yeah. As far as I know, nope. And because we don't live in a hotel, that means that we live in a home where everybody mm-hmm. needs to pitch in. And right. it's it's always, you know, it's like no one can argue with that. When you live in a home, there's nobody coming behind you to like fix your beds and tidy away your dishes and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so then you you can have an open forum like, hey, mom can't do all of these things or dad can't do all of these things anymore there was a season where my husband was traveling 250,000 miles every year. Mm, Like he was gone. He just wasn't even home. And it was so during that season, you know, my kids actually took on a lot more of the household responsibilities, even though they were little, but like, Noel, you know, first grade, they're making their own lunches. I'm like, kids, I need you to make your own lunches. I'm literally doing everything else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's like, you have to be able to speak up. Yeah. Well, going back to what we, you know, while you talked about the children and the chores and an expectation and just what you just mentioned, this idea of we're not living in a hotel. However, we train people on how to treat us, right? So if we are consistently running after everybody and cleaning up after them and letting them live their best life while we're just there to pick up the pieces, we're and not teaching them how to or holding them accountable. It, it's it's our it's our own fault if we're putting up with it and not speaking up and not setting some boundaries and not making 
a plan, you know, not, not having a clear expectation of what you're responsible for, what I'm responsible for. So we can't keep actually like cleaning up after them and then being resentful and bitter that nobody's helping us. Yeah. I think saying something is so important. I also think on the, on the other side where perhaps you may not be so domestically inclined learning to see too, like open your eyes Mm. a little bit and go, what can be done? Because, you know, for me, I don't, I have to purposely be like, you know, what needs to be done? Like, because I probably could let things go a little bit more. If you were in my home, it's fairly tidy. Kimberly's been in my home. It's fairly tidy. It's Mm -hmm. it's very minimalistic for lots of reasons, mostly because I can't manage too much, but a lot of us do the fact that I have to open my eyes and go, wow, like the garbage needs to go out. And um, either I can, I need to tell a child, my child, I can do it. But for me to not look and pay attention, that's where the conflict goes. Cause mm-hmm. like the conversation is always like, you know, how can you not see that this needs to be done? And it's almost like not seeing it is communicating that I don't care about what they already, what my husband already does for me. I don't mm-hmm. value or appreciate that. And I expect him just to serve, you know, serve me hand and foot, which I don't, it's not, this is truly not how I feel, but I'm like, crap, I didn't even see the garbage you need to go out. Do you know what I'm saying? I didn't even notice there's no socks that are matching. Why do we, I think that's socks? super that you mentioned that. Cause I think that that's really important. And the, the, you know, open your eyes. Like if, if there's listeners out there and you're having these domestic conflicts often, it is very possible that it's just a matter of becoming aware that you're just like, Hey, I see this thing needs to be done. Even if you don't really know how to do said chore, Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, I noticed that this was going on. Can I, can you show me how to do it so I can help you do it, you know, with you, for you, whatever. I mean, that, that would have been amazing you know, for my, my husband to do that. I was always kind of pointing out, pointing out, pointing out, you know, and it gets exhausting. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Still learning it. So I did write a couple things down. Like when is a good time to talk about this, those big transitions. And these are based on my experience. I'm just going to share them with you guys and then tell me if I've missed any, but having kids, I mentioned that that changes everything. That's a great time to have that conversation. A new job or a job change. You know, I took a part-time job a couple of years ago and I thought I could keep doing everything I was already doing and I could not. I needed to figure out a new way, a new plan, redivide things up a bit, right? I do have a friend who she went back to work and all of a sudden it became we in the house. Oh, we got to get the kids off here and we got to get the lunches out and we got to get them here and there and do this. And then when she stopped working, They didn't have a conversation and it magically went back to, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And so there's like these shiftings that take place. And if we don't identify them and talk about them, (laughs) that's where the resentment builds up, right? Yeah. Summer in the school year. Yep. Those are big times of transition where you cannot keep operating the way you used to. And if you try, there's going to be tension and then shift in family dynamics. I mean... Jess, I think you're experiencing this now that when when, yeah. when your home looks different than it used to look, what what happens now? Mm-hmm. 
And I you, think another one, oh, sorry, Noel. I think another one would be like you said, you said school seasons, but also sports seasons. That was exactly mm. what I was going to say. Yeah. That was exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. We, we are so alike. I think we're just in a very similar season of life. But yes, I was going to say that exact thing. Like, what? I'm looking at my schedule right now, okay? And tomorrow's crazy. Tomorrow's crazy. You know why? Because I've got to take one person to strength and conditioning. Then one's doing boxing. But in two months, it's going to look radically different. So we're going to have to figure out a whole new system. Mm -hmm. Who's doing what? Who's driving where? Who's going to make the dinner? Who's going to... Listen, this is not easy. This is why you need a podcast like this because it's not easy to figure this stuff out. You're constantly having to get the masses together and say, okay, this is what life looks like right now. How are we going to make it up work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, the family meetings are the perfect time to have this discussion. That's good. That's good. And I'll link to the download so you can have your own family meeting. Yeah. But it is important to identify, okay, for the next three weeks, I'm not going to be able to get you where you need to go unless dad helps. I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z unless you guys start contributing, or I'm going to need your help putting together a meal plan that we can start and have ready when we're on the go and in the car and going to the next event. Like those conversations should be, should be had. I mean, like if we were in a workplace environment, we wouldn't go into a new season. We wouldn't go into a new initiative or a new sales promotion or a new project without sitting down and first saying, okay, who's going to be responsible for what? Because these are the challenges we're going to face. And if we approached our home that way, I think we would see a lot less tension. Yeah. Agreed. Communication is key. So I will tell you about my chore game. Yes. Right. Yes. This is a good segue into the chore game. So... I got so exhausted by, you know, cleaning day where I would ask the whole family to pitch in and help mom like fully deep clean the house, you know, vacuum, wipe all the surfaces, do the toilets, do the bathrooms, everything. And it was always met with like, oh, you know, and they just would throw a fit of epic proportions. So I came up with this idea. I got a bunch of popsicle sticks, like craft popsicle sticks, you know, the big ones though, like the tongue depressor ones that you get at the, like the doctor, you know? Yep. And, and then I just got little sticker labels, like, you know, your Avery address labels. And I broke every single chore up into the most, the smallest bite sized chunk that I could. Mm. And so for example, our downstairs bathroom the 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 chunks that are are the bathroom are cleaning the toilet, wiping the countertops and the sink, cleaning the mirrors, sweeping the floor, mopping the floor, and doing the shower. So you know, all of a sudden, this whole bathroom that would take a person, you know, probably half an hour if they're really moving along, now they can do one of those chores in like five minutes, and it feels quite fast, you know, because you can just like blast through these. So we put all of the chores into a little drawing cup and I added a couple of fun things. So there's take a chore, there's give a chore away, there's swap a chore and there's freebies in the popsicle sticks as well. So when we all gather and we all pull and start pulling our popsicle sticks, you know, one person could end up having only 10 chores because they drew, drew all the freebies and all the give a chore away and all this kind of stuff. So my kids still don't love cleaning day, but this feels more fair to them. Mm. 
And so it it has saved me a lot of headache. I'm like, hey, nobody likes to do this, but let's just like try to get... And I think the other thing that it does is it helps people do the chores that they like, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like some people love... They're like, I don't mind doing a toilet. My husband hates doing toilets. My kids love toilets because they know it takes them like five minutes and they're done. So it's like funny because we kind of swap and my husband loves to vacuum. I hate it. So he ends up usually pulling all the vacuuming and then the rest of the family kind of pulls the things that they enjoy or that they could do quickly. So that's so they the can see what they're pulling. This is so no, is they can't no. see it. Okay. Like, so the bottom, the sticker part of it is in the bottom of a, gotcha. a I just put it in a red solo cup so they can't yeah. see it and then they pull it and then they know what they have. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's my game. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love what you said about how, like, you know that your husband doesn't love to vacuum, right? No, he does love. Oh, no, he does love he to does. vacuum. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's important for us to know about the people that we're living with too. You know, I, I, I would love for us to talk a little bit about questions that we can ask our partners so that we can have better conversations around this. And one of them is, what do you love to do, and what do you hate to do? Because there are certain things that you know, my husband really doesn't mind doing the laundry. I think it's like his safe place. Like he goes down in the basement and it's met, it's therapy for him. It's meditation for him. Like, so, you know, I want him to, if he loves to do that chore, let's let him do that. There's no reason I should be doing it. And, and the same as well, (laughs) you know, like there are times when my husband thinks he's doing me a big favor by offering to do something that I actually don't mind doing. So I'd rather have him do something that I really don't prefer than to to step in and do something that's not a big deal to me, right? So like truly understanding each other, finding out, saying, hey, what do you like to do? What do you hate to do? And see if you can find a compromise that way. Because I think all too often, our assumptions get us into trouble. I would never ask my family, what do you like to do? Because they would say nothing. Yeah, I I don't like to do anything. Well, maybe I'm a chore person. (laughs) I I, I definitely love it. I don't mind. Mind. Like, I don't (laughs) mind washing the dishes. I don't mind wiping off the counters. Like, I'm trying to think of something that I just hate to do. I hate ironing. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll take out the trash, but I prefer my husband do it, especially when it's cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. So if he could just do that thing for me. That'd be awesome, right? So, like, what are those things that we don't mind to do? So, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Mm. What about you guys? What other questions could we ask each other to get that conversation going without, without arguing and without pointing fingers? Because I think that's what we go to first. That first thing we go to is like, you don't do this, or you, you know, you don't do this enough. I, I would ask. I would say that one of the questions is what is something that you would that you would pay an abnormally high amount to have someone else do? Because mm. it right. kind of frames it a little bit like it, it helps them value it oh, that's to a good. certain degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like my husband, he, he would pay an abnormally high amount to have somebody cook for him. Cause he hates doing it, it and he doesn't know how to do it very well. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I would pay someone to cook for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that shows me, okay, there's a value there. And it also makes him think actually there is a value there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That is a good question. 
I'm going to take it from the the domestic dumpster fire <laughs> point of view here is maybe ask what can I do better? You know, what what would make you feel more at home? That's good. You know, because again, if you don't see, you may need to ask some questions like, what am I missing? What am I not noticing? So I can make you feel more at home. When you're home, you don't feel like you're carrying everything. Hmm. I love that, Noah. That's a beautiful way to frame it too. How can I make you yeah. feel more at home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels less threatening too. Well, I yeah. like that better than what can I do better? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know there's going to be an answer to that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Scratch that. Tread that lightly. Don't ask that. No, I think what can I do to make you feel more at home? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Or more yeah. rest. I don't know. Yeah. What can I do to alleviate, you know, some of the household burden for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, we maybe think that we are like saving the world when it's not the most important thing to our spouse. It's something that they don't even notice we've done, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to do what we did in the beginning of the episode and talk about what was it like for you growing up? I mean, mm-hmm. when we talk about culture, we always I always encourage people to ask that question because it's how we understand them more. It's how we understand why something is so important to them. You know, you know, if, yeah. it, it, you know, my, my husband's told me stories about, you know, like, for example, his brother's disregard for his clothing when he borrowed his clothing when they were teenagers, you know, and so mm-hmm. he is, he is very... I don't want to say Particular. sensitive because I don't want to say, I don't want to be sound like I'm, I'm, it's a negative thing that he's sensitive, but he's, he's very aware of his things and how his things are treated versus me. I'm like, if I give it to you and I never get it back, like, I don't care. You know, like there's very few things that I would get upset if the guy got ruined. And so understanding what the dynamic was in his house growing up, you know, would lead me to understand why he he cares about his laundry. He cares about his laundry because he had a job that he worked really hard at. And he that was the only time he got to buy the nice clothes he wanted. And then he certainly wasn't going to let his mom shrink them or mm-hmm. get stains on them or bleach them by accident. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. he he cares. So understanding our spouse's story, understanding what their mom did for them, what their parents did for them growing up and understanding why something's important to them, I think is an important part of the conversation too. And as we talk, I'd like to think that those things would come to the surface and would be eye-opening for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important too. I, I'm just thinking about my own marriage. Our cultures were so vastly different. Like, it's hard for me to translate sometimes, but I do think it's so valuable. Like, they raised pigs... His mom, you know what I mean? Like his mom took care of the pigs and his dad butchered them. And and then there's like my family were like, you know, my dad was a CPA, owned a CPA firm. My mom did everything that an Italian American mother does in New Jersey. And so sometimes I think it's difficult. That can be really like almost like you gotta just be like, Yeah, I never gotta understand that. So we might have to just start our own story together. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we don't live on the farm and we don't own a CPA firm. So like it's, it's, it's valuable, but I guess too, like you can never recreate, right. You're never going to really recreate it in a way that's ideal. You got to mm-hmm. almost be like, what can we, this is what we got, mm-hmm. you know, and let's make it the best that we can. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. I think one of the things to also, especially if, if, because I think there's always in a marriage, I think there's always someone that like is quite domestic and like very focused. And then there's someone that maybe is just not as I, I very rarely met couples where it's 50, 50 and they're both like, you know, in it like that. Now that's not saying that there isn't a couple out there like that, but I think another question, especially early on when you're like forming these habits or these general broad stroke responsibilities is when I don't see that you are, you know, doing the chore that you're kind of responsible for. What is, how is it a good way to ask you or how is it a good way to notify you? In other words, help me understand how you're going to receive feedback on this mm. you know because if if i'm coming in guns blazing and i'm just like pick up your freaking laundry for the 27th time you know it, it's gonna end in a fight you know so I, I i've always asked alex and just said hey babe like what's a good way to notify you when i see that you know something hasn't been done and i really need you to help me do it how can i tell you without you getting offended like what's a good way And he usually is good about telling me. That is good. I can appreciate that. (laughs) Because I don't, I, we got into a habit where my husband would come home from work and immediately identify the things that he didn't see done. Mm. And that's not what you want to do in the first couple minutes, you know? And so we've had to really uh, work through that, you know? I'm sure there's a better way and a better time that he could have, especially in those early years when all I wanted to do was please him, you know, and you're young and you're like, Oh, we're, we're playing house, you know, that whole sort of wanting to do what I thought was the best job I was doing and still feeling like he was like, Hey, you need to do this. And how come you didn't do this? And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't um, love me. <laughs> so the delivery is good. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't telling me anything that I, that we hadn't agreed that I was going to do or that I wasn't responsible for. It was just like, what? What? I think a lot of it, it matters. Like what not to do, like mm. not say, yeah, <laughs> or like don't make it into a joke, mm. like it become the butt of your joke, or I don't know. It's gosh, this stuff is hard. Yeah. It's hard. I think that's the other piece too. Like it's gonna be a little messy. Anybody, yes. like anybody, figures this out and like, oh, from day one we had our roles identified and we agreed to it and we do everything perfectly. That's baloney crap. No one has that because life happens and you have to keep on reevaluating. You have to keep on yep. going, who's mm-hmm. driving now? Am I driving? You drive. It makes more sense if you drive, you know? I think the, a good question is what makes the most sense? Yes. What makes the most sense for right now? Yeah. You know, it's a because great you can let culture, you know, and I know it's something we're, we're going to talk about, but like, tell you what makes sense but what makes sense for your family right now because i've got a friend who's uh, a mom but she's like the breadwinner of her family she's got a high high demanding job her husband stays at home like there are certain things that make sense for their family that that may not make sense for the traditional family yeah and i just think that you know kids grow up sports schedules change kids go to college kids going to daycare like you know family members moving into the house, like things change, dynamics change, financial resources change, 
what makes the most sense right now. Not what did, not do we wish, (laughs) but what is right now. Yeah. That's the question of the night, I think. Okay, so slippers I wear are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get me some. I'll put them on my, my birthday list. What do you have practically practical advice for those listeners who are like, yeah, I've tried to have this conversation. It doesn't go well. I'm not happy with the results. How do we prevent strife from entering into our home and this being a cause of it? How can we some practical things we can do? to not let this become a a bigger issue? I would say a practical thing that you can do is quantify all of the roles and responsibilities of the household. Like do a budget. How much does this cost to outsource? And you you put it all down. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at it from that point of view, then you can say, Hey, I'm doing all of these items, right? Uh, or we collectively need to figure out how to accomplish all of these things. Now, whether we outsource those to avoid strife in certain situations, or we agree that this is a equal, you know, division of of responsibilities based on what makes sense for our family right now, right? Mm-hmm. But doing that exercise, at least for us, that was very helpful because mm. my husband needed to see a price yeah. tag attached to all the mm. things That's good. because his mother had done everything. So it was like, oh, that's free. I'm like, no, it isn't free. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not free. So I think that that is very helpful to not let bitterness sort of creep into it. Mm-hmm. You can put this and, and then it places value on whomever is doing that role as well. Right. Mm-hmm. I think another piece of advice I would give, which I think should be a future episode, is chores. Like teach your kids how to do some of this stuff, so it's not all on mm-hmm. you and your husband. And it's amazing what a four-year-old, you know, a four-year-old can learn how to match socks. You know, yep. Um, just yeah. not me, but I would say the second <laughs> thing I would say is if this is a source of contention in your marriage, where it's becoming a problem there's no shame in seeing a counselor about it. It may not seem like it's a big deal. And you're like, gosh, why do we keep fighting about this? I feel so silly talking to a counselor about this. Obviously there is any of these little things, there's deeper stuff underneath. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would talk to an objective person and be like, we keep fighting about who's doing the finances. We keep fighting about like, who's in charge of taking the kids to sports on the weekends and a lot of assumptions are made, like help us see this from a healthier perspective. Because I think when you're both in it and you're defending your corners, mm-hmm. it's tough to make progress. So I really mm-hmm. do think don't feel shame in bringing in a third party expert who probably can see past some of the, some of like what you're fighting about might be revealing a deeper issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly me and my husband, that's definitely been a thing. You know, it's not just because I'm not great at matching socks. It's because he feels like I'm not paying attention to what he needs and and I'm not paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. And I need a therapist to be like, Noel, it's not about the socks. <laughs> you know, I mean, we had a huge favor. It's not about cheese. the socks. Parmesan cheese once. I mean, that we had to call a professional and... Pay some money to be like, 
help us. We're not moving forward. We're not moving forward. From the Parmesan cheese. <laughs> well, he likes the craft shaky. And I have to say, oh, I'm from, okay. I'm yeah. from Jersey, Thai American. We, we grade our own block. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit more expensive. I actually, that's oh a my whole God. other story. Early on in our marriage, early on, we've yeah, grown, yeah. we've compromised. I get the freshly already grated cheese there you from go. the store, but it's not craft. Mm-hmm. Out of my dead yeah. body. But yeah, get a counselor. Yeah. I don't know who that's for, <laughs> but it's not silly. It's mm-hmm. not silly. There's two people sharing a home, sharing responsibilities, sharing kids. It's freaking mm-hmm. hard. Get yeah. someone who's objective to help you figure this out. Yeah. I I think Noel, like, it's like, it's normal. Like if you're having contention about this particular topic, you are not alone. No, like not even in the slightest, but Mm -hmm. if it's like an ongoing that you can't get past, absolutely. Professional help is, Mm -hmm. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the only thing that I would add to that would be a gratitude list. I mean, it sounds like, you know, kitschy, but if I, if I, there are times when I'm frustrated with my husband and what I think that he's doing. However, if I were to write a list down of everything that he is doing, I could start to cultivate some gratitude. I oh, think yeah. that there's things he does that I forget that he does, that I might not see that he does, responsibilities that he's carrying that I just doesn't occur to me, or I don't equate to the things that I'm responsible for. And just beginning to, you know, even on a regular basis, maybe two or three things a day, like what is my spouse doing that's contributing and just appreciating that, you know, and just saying, okay, cultivating, you know, that in my heart, I think has been something that I've been trying to work on because at the end of the day, I know he's not doing nothing. You know, I really do. Right. Right. I mean, he does the laundry, but you know what I mean? Like in those times of resentment, when I'm like in the car and it's freezing outside and it's, you know, nine o'clock at night and I'm the one picking everybody up again. Like I need to go. Yes. He's like that. I I will fool myself into thinking, what good is, what good is he? He doesn't do any of this. I always have to do this. Does he, you know, think I like doing this. Like I can go there real fast, but, but consistently recognizing what he is doing is really, really helpful when I feel like I'm getting nowhere with this conversation. Mm, that's powerful. That's good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I like that. All right. So last thoughts. The only thing I want to add is that going back to this whole idea of contentment and disconnect, contentment and gratitude, I found that I let others and culture dictate to me how I felt about the division of labor in my home. If I got online and I saw a post about somebody calling out, you know, what I should and shouldn't be doing or what I should and shouldn't be expected to do because I'm a woman and it's 2020 and I'm working too. Like I I can easily let other people tell me what I should be discontent with. Mm. And I have to be mindful of that. I, I look, I, some of my fondest memories are at my grandmother's house when which was very traditional, you know, my grandmother cooked and cleaned. We would have dinner and the women would go into the kitchen and the men would just go sit down and watch TV. 
they'd watch the game, they'd watch the news. And it was the women, it was the three of us that were in the kitchen and she didn't have a dishwasher. So we would wash the dishes, we would dry the dishes, but it was in those times that we were cultivating a relationship with one another. Right. We were spending time together. And my grandmother, she never cared, especially in those moments where the women are are bonding and spending time together. And one could look at that and be like, ah, oh, those men, did they ever yeah. do anything after dinner or did they just watch TV? You know, and I can go there and I could look back and want to look at those memories with resentment. And I have to stop myself and say, no, that's what we did in that season. That was what's made sense. Like you said, Noel, in that season, and it was special and it was good. And how we choose to frame it is so important to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The comparison culture will, will destroy you and it will It's like, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to work your own family yeah. in, in what works for your family is not going to work for others. Like no. even in my, my brother and my sister-in-law have a completely different expression than my husband and I, yeah. it works for them. It would not work for us. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel threatened by how they run their household. Not at yeah. all. So I think that's, you just have to remind yourself, like if you like a traditional division of labor in your household and it works for you, go for it. Like, Mm -hmm. don't let anybody tell you that you washing dishes is somehow makes you less valuable. No. Yeah. No. And I think like, I don't know. And our kids will pick up on that too. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we even get our kids, you know, I don't know. I think our kids need to see that what we decide to do is what we've decided to do, not because yes. it's what we see on television or what their friends are doing, but in our home, you know, this is what happens. And if we, if someone can't do their part, then this is what, this is what you can put in place. Mm-hmm. But you let, if you don't actually communicate that, then, you know, they're not going to, your kids are not going to grow up and know how to do this. Don't you want your kids to know how to do the division of labor on their home? Well, Mm-hmm. Right. So model yes. pointed out then they don't have to have the same issues that we've had, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Let them see it shift in different seasons. Yeah. 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 Let them see you it. actually negotiate yeah. the new rules. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. family meeting, everybody's involved. Let's mm-hmm. all come together, you know? Download mm-hmm. that family meeting kit. <laughs> That's right. We'll link it, it in the show notes. It Do will it. help. It will help. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, that's a wrap, ladies. Thank you so much for having this conversation. This was good. And I am challenged to be more humble and to be more vocal at the same time about what I need in this home. (laughs) If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life what we get right, and what we get wrong, too. You can find me at at Kimberly Amici, and you can find the podcast at at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.